Welcome to the Alpha Girl Confidence Podcast, where we are empowering youth female athletes to play and live confidently. My name is Shay Hatto, and each week I will bring you new episodes to teach you the strategies and tools that you need in order to live a confident, empowered life both on and off the playing field. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Alpha Girl Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Shay Hatto, and on today's episode, I sat down with Jamie Cooper, who is a past guest. She is a soccer nutritionist coach uh, for athletes and for their families. Uh, she does such amazing work, which you're going to find out a little bit more on why she's so amazing on this podcast. But in this podcast, we went deep, not just with nutrition, but so many things that nutrition affects. So we talked about how parents can best support and kind of plan meals around busy fall schedules. I know that's one of the biggest things that parents stress out about. So I know that's going to be really valuable for you. We talked about uh, the biggest obstacles that she sees with the athletes that she works with, how parents play a role in the nutrition of their athletes and the whole family in general. Um, she talked about how parents can know if athletes are maybe not eating enough, kind of what are the red flags to watch out for. And we just dove, like I said, into a lot of really incredible stuff, even around, you know, parent comparison and how parents feel like they have to be perfect all the time. And, and we talked about some good stuff regarding that. So I'm really looking forward uh, to diving into the episode. Uh, make sure when you're done listening, you check out the resources in the show notes. Jamie has some really awesome resources and a really great social media. So I'm excited for you to listen to the show. Enjoy. What's up, Jamie? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, as we were saying earlier, it's been at least a few years, maybe more than two to three years since you've been on. Um, oh so gosh, yeah, excited yeah. To, to finally have you back on. Um, and since you are a repeat guest, um, there's probably a lot of people that don't know who you are um, because it has been so long. So I'd love to hear just a little quick cliff notes of um, you know what it is that you do, why you do it, how you kind of got into that work. Yeah, so I'm Jamie. I'm a registered dietitian. I I played uh, college soccer. Um, didn't realize how much I how much nutrition was missing from my soccer development, um, and just so happened to be that I was on track to become a registered dietitian. So, unfortunately, I learned all this information after uh, majority of my career was already over. Um, so, really, I now like to work with families and young athletes to really help them learn how to use nutrition in a way that isn't stressful, but also helps them to be able to perform on the field. Yeah, I love that. And it's like, for me too, like I never thought about really nutrition. Like when I played, it was just like, just, oh, I don't know, just eating terrible food, stuff that wasn't really yeah. the best for me. And just like not even, not even really paying attention to how it would affect my performance. And I think that's probably yeah. true for a lot of athletes. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had, like yeah. literally had no idea and wondering yeah. why I was like so sluggish. So what what do you find with the athletes that you work with and just people that come to you and ask you questions like what do you find is like their biggest challenge with nutrition? I think honestly, I think it just comes down to there's there's more nutrition advice out there or available. So now there's just so much noise. Oh, yeah, and what sure. people should do. So like when I think when we were playing, there was like crickets, like nutrition wasn't even really talked about. It was like it was like other things like lift, run more, train more. Um, but I think now what I'm seeing are a lot of parents and a lot of players who are interested in nutrition. But there's just so much information out there now that it's hard to 
disseminate what they should be doing. So then they're like, it's like too much. So they're kind of paralyzed with where they should even start. Yeah. 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 Um, What do you find is the kind of worst nutrition advice that you see like on social media or the thing that like bugs you the most? Um, there's, there's probably, I mean, I can probably think of a lot, (laughs) um, but I think it's just the way that nutritionists talked about, there's no room for nuance, um, because we're all different. You are different than me and what you've experienced and how you've experienced food. And there's no room for nuance, which is unfortunate. Um, and I think that people are scared of food. I think that carbohydrates have been, um, really have a negative connotation to them when most all athletes really need to be using carbohydrates as like their preferred source of energy. But our culture says like they're bad. And I think that that right there puts kids at a disadvantage because then they're trying to use foods that aren't going to give them the same energy and they're not eating enough of them to be able to sustain that energy. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. Like, obviously, there's so much information out there and it is kind of turned into a bit of like fear mongering, like like every yeah. everything is bad for you. Everything is poisonous. And it's like, well, what what can I actually eat? Um, and and yeah. I think that's one dangerous thing with nutrition, whether it's with athletes or just, you know, with normal people, so to say. Um, but what, what would you say if, if we were to kind of like break it down and like, okay, where do I start? Like, what are your kind of tried and true kind of just simple principles on nutrition that you would just, you know, start with someone? Super basic is make sure you're eating all three meals. So like breakfast, lunch, dinner. So for a lot of kids, um, they may eat something, which is better than nothing, but I'd rather them, I'd prefer them to have like an actual meal at breakfast time. So that might mean that they wake up 10 minutes earlier or have it prepped maybe the night before so that they can just like wake up and take it on the go. Um, lunch is a, can be a difficult thing for kids because they have maybe, some of these kids have only 10 minutes to eat. And so it's not like they can just like heat up their food in the microwave for two minutes and then they have like what eight minutes to try to eat and socialize with their friends so trying to find options that work with them but within that i think making sure they have some type of protein at a meal um, carbohydrates like rice pasta um, bread um, tortilla wrap something like that and then having some sort of like fruit vegetables if possible Um, having that stuff at a meal is going to be really helpful and then having some type of like fat in there would be ideal um right and that is going to look different for everybody depending on their situation i mean it, it really is then about uh, yes it is basic but it's uh, kind of like diversifying in a little bit yeah. like in, in a way right it's like okay we we have kind of our 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 three macros in there and it's like throwing in fruits and vegetables and um, you know, trying to make those fruits and vegetables probably as diverse as you can, which, you yeah. know, that's, that's a little bit more complex, but still it's like trying to diversify your plate with the simple things. It seems like is kind of like yeah. the simple thing to go by. Yeah. And I think like not, you know, 
nutrition is like a big picture thing because if we are too focused on the minutia, like all the details of every single meal, every single day, like we're going to think that we're not doing it right. And there is no perfect, like there's no perfect diet. Um, every yeah. day is not meant to be, it's not meant to be perfect because we do things differently every single day. We're hit with different stressors and different things come up. So if we can look at like the overall big picture and say like, look, not all meals are going to be perfect. You may not have a fruit or a vegetable at a meal. If that's not happening every single day, that's okay. Like mm. we just want to be able to have some type of framework and we, we practice that every single day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to go back um, to when you said that like the nutrition industry doesn't have like much nuance. It's like, there's no individualization, so to say. Mm-hmm. And that, that made me think of how so often we're told that this is a good food and this is a bad food. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I believe that it's a good food for you if you can digest it and, and it does what's right for yeah. you, but it's a bad food if it's something that you can't digest. So talk about like that a little bit. I think that we like to, in, a, in like a perfect world, like, oh, just give me a list of like good foods <laughs> right. and bad foods and I'll, you know, like I'll follow that. Sure. But like life isn't like that. Um, and what might be a good food in one situation might technically be a bad food in another situation. So it's right. situationally, we could probably say like this is helpful and unhelpful, but the food itself True. may not be um good or bad. For instance, like I tell my clients, you know, a salad, people automatically think that that's a great food. But if we're going to have that like two hours, an hour before a game, I can promise you, you're not going to be thinking the same thing because (laughs) that takes a lot of work on your stomach. So Mm -hmm. when we can, when we can really take those labels out of the equation and just speak about food neutrally and understand that all foods have their place. Um, A donut is probably not going to be something that you eat all day, every day in, in large heaping amounts. It's not going to make you feel good, but a donut maybe in the afternoon when you don't have practice um, and it's for, you know, you're celebrating a classmate's birthday, like, that that can be that can be awesome and bring community in there so i think we just need to take away those labels because i think they're really unhelpful yeah it's like it's not just like black and white all the time like i know as humans we like to make things like you said like we just want a Mm -hmm. list of here's but but a lot of times you kind of have to like test it out right like i'm sure you've had players come to you and be like hey give me an idea for a pregame and maybe that didn't sit well and it's like, okay, that didn't work for you. Like try something else. And so, yeah, I think it's important that people don't just take like, Oh, she said to eat this. So I have to eat this. It's like, try it, see how you feel and then make adjustments from there. Right. Exactly. I wish, I wish people would be able to get a little bit more sense of what I even do with a client because oftentimes, you know, I'm not making these blanket recommendations for someone. They they may ask me that question and then I will ask them, you know, well, how did it make you feel? And mm-hmm. if they said it made me didn't make me feel good. Well, maybe it's not the food per se. It might be, well, when did you eat it? Was it right. too too close to when you were going to be active or was it too far away? And so it right. kind of wore off by the time you played. 
Um, so there's a little bit more digging into what works for the individual. Mm-hmm. And I think that more questions need to be asked rather than saying like, well, that food's, that food's bad. bad. Um, yeah, we don't need to be working out. with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, like this is kind of an extreme example, but I had a teammate and she ended up going, going pro. It's, um, she would always eat like McDonald's or like in and out before a game, just like big burger, fries. Yeah. Like I would have puked, you know what I mean? Like I had to have my thing two to three hours out, something pretty simple, but it's like for her, it worked and she balled yeah. out. So it's like, I'm not saying to do that, but like, yeah. you just have to kind of experiment a little bit instead of yeah. following these blanket answers. And I wouldn't have, if that worked for her, then I wouldn't have touched it. I wouldn't have said, you know what? I don't like that you're eating that stuff. Like, okay, well, let's leave that alone. Like, let's look at some other ways, you know, let's see what else you're doing, you know? Right. And I think that's like, that is a really great example that people can do one thing, like one person can do one thing and then someone else like understands their body more to say like, I need more time. Like you knew that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, and you mentioned a second ago, like people don't know what I do with clients. Like, like give us a little, a little snippet. Like, how do you work with clients? Because I'm just curious myself. Yeah, I think that people come to me because they want to build a strategy that works for them. Um, and so usually, like the very like first few sessions that we have, it's really getting to know what they're currently doing, what they're currently eating, if they're not eating anything, what are their non-food negotiables? Like I've had people that are like, I want pizza. I want uh, this and that. It's like, okay, like, do you have any food allergies? Cause we're gonna make sure that that's not in there. Um, and so eventually like, as we go through all this stuff, we're just making sure to, that they're eating enough during their every single day um, and then starting to create meals that they at least know this framework and then they can start to swap out stuff whenever you know if they're at home yeah it's like mom's making chicken and rice and green beans great like you know how to do that well what happens if you go to um chipotle what does that even look like so they start to learn how to make these um these meals that are based off of like, what sounds good to them? What do they have time for? Um, you know, what, what do their parents, you know, in terms of like planning and prepping and going to the grocery store, all of that stuff, like what do they even have time for? And so it's really just problem solving, but helping the family and the young athlete to really learn, like they can trust themselves to be able to, to make food decisions that honor what their food preferences are and also help them to like really tune into like how they're feeling. Like if they don't necessarily feel hungry, but they have just played, well, they may not want a big meal right afterwards. What can we do? Could we, could we have like some liquid, um, you know, like a smoothie or something that they consume just so that they're understanding that they gotta they gotta refuel after they've played. So really it's just putting, you know, putting it back, giving them these tools so that they can be more 
independent because when they do go off to college, like no one's going to be holding their hand. (laughs) Um, And some of them may have more resources than others. And those that don't have a lot of resources at their college or university will still be able to navigate meals and snacks and be able to do all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I love that so much because, yeah, it really is like you're empowering them to trust themselves. And it's something that they're going to take with them for the rest of their lives, probably. Yeah. Right. Like they're learning like to number one, check in with themselves to see how do I actually feel after I eat this food? Like so often we eat food and we feel like crap after and then we just keep eating that same thing. And it's like it just becomes a habit of us not checking in. And so I think yeah. that's such a cool skill. It's like, it's not like you're just telling them what to eat. You're, you're showing them how to adjust in, in different situations and really tap into that and then make adjustments off of that feeling. So that's, I'm, exactly. I'm glad that I asked that question. Well, and like, why would I, like, what does it benefit me for them to have to depend on me for the rest yeah. of their lives in order to make decisions about foods? Like, That's not the kind of business that I want to create. And I think that that's really like sleazy marketing. If that, if that, you know, happens with other people, these, these individuals need to learn how to trust themselves and not rely on external rules and people telling them like, you need to eat this, not that. And then it just creates a lot of like, I don't know, it just creates a really um, poor mental, you know, mental health really goes down the drain yeah. when people can't trust themselves. Right. Yeah. Their confidence goes down, like their body image is probably going to go down. And it's, like, oh, yeah. yeah, then from there, it's just like everything becomes asking other people what's right for them versus tapping yeah. in and, you know, asking themselves. Right. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's just so much more than food. So I, I love what you do. And and it's yeah, you're, you're creating um, a lot of businesses will try to create almost a codependent relationship mm-hmm. so that they're like always have to be working with them and you're doing the opposite of that. You're like creating girls and families that can go off and do this on their own and trust that they can do it on their own. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's always my goal just because I, I like, I want someone who's like 10, 15 right now who eventually you know, has dreams of playing in college or maybe they quit soccer altogether and they want to do Ironmans and like they can, they can take the same principles and maybe they still need to learn a little bit about that specific activity, but they already have a solid foundation and they're not, yeah, they're not like relying on, on someone for the rest of their lives. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's a couple months ago, um, I think, well, actually it was, it was less than a couple months ago, but when, when fall was starting up, so it was still at the end of the summer and I, I was curious, I asked my parents, like in my email newsletter and stuff, I was like, Hey, what is like the biggest challenge for you now that school's starting up and like, you know, sports seasons are starting up, like, what's your biggest challenge? What are you most nervous about? And a lot of the responses, probably more than 75% of the responses were, um, I want to make sure that I'm providing my child with healthy meals and and not knowing how to do that with like such a busy schedule. Like there was so many mm-hmm. responses related to that. So I'd love to hear, I know like a lot of parents are, this is something they struggle with um, and I get it. Like how can parents um, kind of provide those like healthy, nutritious meals and snacks with like the craziness of youth sports in school? Oof. This, yeah, I think, 
I don't know it. I don't know a soccer parent who isn't thinking about that. Yeah. Um, that's that is really difficult because I think that you know whether they have one, two, three plus kids, you know schedules during the week are busy. Schedules on the weekends are busy, and I think that you know some pressure that I've heard from some of my clients has been like the feeling like they need to have home cooked meals every single mm-hmm. like night. Yeah. Um, and I think that that works for some families. Um, and then other families, I think it's understanding that being able to, you know, either use a meal prep service, if that's something that your family can afford or like knowing that you could still go through the drive through. Yeah. And at the end of the day, a fed child is better than a child that doesn't get anything and figuring out maybe how meal planning and meal prepping works for you. Maybe you do crock pot meals, um, throw it, you know, you throw it in the crock pot in the morning and then by the time you get home, it's done. Um, the instant pot or, you know, maybe you do a combo of, you know, a few meals at home that you, that you feel like you could make. And then the others are, um, purchased outside of the home because literally, you know, we can still find plenty of balanced options that are available. There's a lot more options that are available now than there were, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, so I think it's just, I think it's, in a way relaxing and looking at the big picture versus like this meal has to be perfect or my kid is going to x y and z right yeah i mean looking back at my childhood like three kids all played sports two working parents it's like we we ate out a lot a lot of Mm -hmm. breakfast burritos at beto's and a lot of wiener schnitzel and like yeah just a lot of that kind of stuff but then also it's like my mom worked, you know, 10, 12 hours a day a lot of times and she would have to, yeah, throw something in the crock pot or, you know, make something easy like spaghetti and just kind of let it sit there on the stove and just kind of finding ways to, to make it work without feeling like you have to be perfect. Because I, I feel like parents probably do put a lot of pressure on themselves that it has to look a certain way. Yeah. And I like, I feel for, I feel for parents because there is so much pressure to be this like perfect yeah parent and and at the end of the day all parents just want to do their best they want happy healthy children and there are many ways to get there there's not one one road to get to there and i think that like you know your story like you sharing that is very similar to mine and i'm an only child both my parents worked full time i was going like my parents went through the drive through line and that's where I ate most of my meals except on the weekend maybe just like Saturday if we even had that available that we would make a family mm-hmm. meal but we yes, were all yes. so busy and you know I think that it it is where we we don't have to have we don't we don't need to put extra pressure to be able to have have kids that are going to have enough energy to perform to have a positive relationship with food um and to be happy and healthy yeah i love that you said that like there's not there's not like one way you know there's not like one path like there's 
a million different ways to get to where you want to go and it doesn't have to look like someone else's and and I always I always talk about you know how athletes are always comparing themselves but parents are doing the same like yeah parents are on social media too parents are seeing like my whole all my friends are parents now and so it's like it's just like all kids and parents stuff on yeah. my feet a lot of the time and it's like I'm sure parents go through the comparison just as much if not more than like athletes Oh my gosh. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. And I think it's just really tough because... And there's so much judgment too around it. Oh. Like if you don't parent your kids a certain way, right? Yeah. I mean, like there's there are so many ways to parent and we all have opinions and we all need to just keep our opinions yeah. to ourselves because someone is just doing their best. Like yes, we're all just trying to do the best that we can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean this is this is a great a great topic because it goes so much further than than oh, just yeah. nutrition. So I, I'm glad that we went we went <laughs> down this pathway here. Yeah, um, there's overlap. Yeah, and, and another kind of I guess parent question, keeping on the same theme, is like, I mean, I get I guess we kind of touched on it a little bit about how they can support and you know preparing the food and just doing the best they can, but also like, what is their role in? leading by example and like modeling how they want their kid to eat like let's talk about that a little bit yeah I think modeling is is very important and I think that you know I look back on my on my younger years and what I appreciate from my parents um is that they they didn't judge what foods I was eating. So they weren't making comments like, you need to eat this. Like, why, are, why aren't you eating this? So they kept think, they kept mealtimes very neutral. So I think that being able to, for parents to also be aware of the language that they use when talking about foods or even talking about their bodies, I think that parents can model eating a variety of foods. So like, showing your kids that like it is okay if you don't like broccoli we can look at we can you know you're gonna see me eating some other things but also you might see me enjoying a donut or ice cream or whatever it is and not shaming myself in eating it it's how we how we fit all this stuff in so that's one way i think that you know modeling how you know, this is what we do as a family in terms of like preparing. So, you know, I'm going to cut up some stuff. Do you want to cut some stuff up with me? That way you can kind of get them into the kitchen and, and, and around those foods. And then this is what we do as a family after. Um, So I think watching language um, and letting them see, you know, you, eating a variety of foods and not talking um, negatively about anyone. Yeah. Keeping it very neutral is is a big that. theme of mine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was thinking like just in terms of, of like eating, like modeling by eating, but you took it a step further with it's It's about how you talk about the food. It's about how you talk about your body. It's about how, yeah, and I love like the neutral, like it's we're coming in, we're not shaming ourselves or shaming the food or shaming other people. It's like the food is just kind of this this neutral thing. And there's this, this saying that I like, which take it with a grain of salt, but 
a happy donut is better than a sad salad. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah. if you have all these negative emotions around the food you're eating, you're probably not going to be able to digest that and take all the nutrients out of that thing. Whereas if you Absolutely. had a positive, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I say something. I, I don't, I love that phrase. <laughs> I think that when, when I work with clients, you know, I really want to encourage them. Like your eating environment is, is very important because if, yeah. if parents or like family, your brothers and sisters, if you're fighting with each other, like that oh. meal is, is not going to be good. It could be your right. most favorite meal. It could be your birthday meal and it could be ruined. Um, so I think it's, you know, even the meal environment needs to be, you know, hopefully a positive one or at least right. one where we're not talking about, you know, really um, heavy Politics subjects. And- <laughs> yeah, like keep that keep that stuff away from the dinner table. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, okay, cool. Kind of shifting gears a little bit. Um, what? Because I know a lot of the times um, athletes like aren't eating enough. And I know that's something that you probably like mm-hmm. deal with and I've, you know, seen stuff on your social media. So what, what are some kind of like, um, red flags where a parent or even an athlete could be, could determine like, Hey, I'm not eating enough or, you know, my daughter's not eating enough. What can we look for there? Yeah. I think there's some like really like some simple, like day-to-day signs, but I think in the long term, so like day-to-day would be like, um, you know, stomach is kind of always empty, stomach rumbling, um, maybe thinking about food 24 seven, um, being ir- like irritable, that can be a sign that you likely need to eat. But when we really look at long term, when someone hasn't been eating enough, we can really get into some health consequences. So like um, the, you know, our reproductive health. So for menstruating individuals like if an athlete like if a female athlete should have reached the point where they're supposed to have a period but they haven't Mm -hmm. that's where i would want to look at you know what are you know what are they doing are they eating are they eating enough you know all of their meals what do their meals even look like are they having snacks how was their training like um because if they're not having their period or they're having inconsistent periods or they're they did but then it stopped for a while um, that's going to affect bone health and that's going to put them at risk for more injuries and then it then there's just all these health systems that start to kind of have this cascade um effect and it could also lead to um some ep- like depression and just Right. Or mental health as well. Right. So I think okay. that, you know, these these parents need to, you know, look at that. They also just need to check in with their kid and ask them, like, how are you doing? Are you struggling with concentrating during school? Because if you are, mm. then are you eating enough to support you actually focusing in class? Because that right. that can be something that um, I think is a really easy check in okay. to have with mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, no, those are those are really good signs to look for, especially like, like, um, like amenorrhea is, 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 I don't know how, how much you and I don't really know that much about it. Is that mainly caused by like, a maybe a energy deficit? Is that like one of the main causes? Yeah, know? low energy, low energy yeah. availability. Um, and okay. that's, that's mm-hmm. unfortunate, just because a lot of a lot of kids um, are training 
so much. Like they're not right. just involved in one team. Maybe they're involved in two or maybe they're doing multiple sports mm-hmm. and they're right. almost training every single day um, mm-hmm. intensely. And so it's, it's like a struggle because these kids are, are, we're trying to get them to grow and develop into their adult body. But food is literally energy. The calories are an, are a unit of energy. And if they're not getting enough energy, then those systems, like the reproductive system is going to be like, well, we got to conserve. Right. So we're right. going to shut this one down because this one's really important. Right. And right. so yeah. the system, our body is really smart. So it's going to stop doing certain things so that we can prioritize other things. So when these kids yeah. are, are trying to grow and develop, but they're not eating enough, it's going to just compound like issues are going to Mm -hmm. compound on top of another one so yeah if they're not you know essentially the body if they if they are experiencing amenorrhea like the body's just saying like not a priority yeah um okay something interesting about that i wanted to ask you about because i'm sure this happens with other people and it happened with me so when i was when i was 12 i tore my acl like really young right And I, I like, so I was a kid, they, they called me like a gar- garbage disposal. Like I ate a lot, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I was like, I was like a twig. Um, and then when I got hurt, I continued to eat as much as I did. And I like, gained, I got a little bit chubby, so to say. Like there was times when my mom was like, hey, you, you know, are you sure, you, you sure you need all that food and like stuff like that. And I, and I kind of started to have like a chubby phase for a, a lot of my, kind of teenage years and and that's you know I was I really that chubby no but it was something that I was a little bit self-conscious of just because Mm -hmm. I didn't have a six-pack like my teammates so like do you ever deal with um athletes or parents like knowing how to talk to their kids about hey are you eating too much like does that ever come up it does um and it is it's it's like a it's like a a fun little dance because yeah you know it's it's like sometimes easier to talk talk to parents who are like I need my kid you know my kid's scrawny and they'll yeah you know, that's way it's easier like, what does this look like but then it's like if I have a parent that is concerned about about their child's um, body then I don't necessarily ask more questions about the kid I'm just wanting to get an idea of where is this parent what's their fear. Where are they coming from? Because, you know, your situation, I think the ACL tear and then the fact that you were at that age, I think is, is tricky because you are like, you're, you were growing and developing. So like, we're going to all have these awkward phases. It just happened to be (laughs) like, you just got this really severe injury and Mm -hmm. it kind of like muddied the water with what that, you know, even looked like. But I think overall with parents, I think it's understanding that like weight loss isn't for, for any, any like child, adolescent, weight loss is not advised. Like that is not something that we need to be concerned about. It, It would be something that we would say like, well, if they are, if you're finding that they are just like endless amounts of like Cheeto puffs and they can't seem to get enough, well then is that food like never available except for one time? Because that might be a situation where they feel like, well, I'm never going to, I don't know when I'm going to get this again. I got to eat as much of this as possible. Or if it's something that isn't like that, then maybe we just need to go and have 
then get checked out by their pediatrician. See if there's right. some other underlying things For going sure. on, you know, but weight mm-hmm. loss generally is is never advised for that this population. Yeah, because I mean, I've had back when I was doing in person soccer training, I had a couple parents that were like, "Hey, my my kid's a little a little heavy. Like, I want her to work out with you so she can like she needs to run more. Like, she needs yeah. to, you know, lose a little bit of weight." And I just never knew really how to approach that. And even like doing confidence stuff, it's like I've had a couple parents who it's like, "Hey, my my daughter is." you know, a little bit on the bigger side and she's just not confident in her body. And I've never had a parent ask me like, you know, how to navigate that necessarily. So I just wanted to ask, cause I know it's maybe not as common as others, but it's, I'm sure it still comes up fairly often enough. It does. And I think there's always going to be that concern because our society, unfortunately, views people that are in thinner bodies as like, they're, they're not going to get, um, any negative mm-hmm. uh, comments or looks towards them versus people that are in larger bodies. So I think that, you know, we need to understand like what our own bias is and then yeah, understand sure. that like these, these kids don't need to know that we're concerned about their bodies. Cause then they like, be, like they, they're the very, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like yeah. I have talked with enough adults to know that their own, their many decades of body image issues and and likely eating disorder came from a parent or adult or coach who shared yeah. with them that they were concerned mm-hmm. that sure. they were gaining some weight when they were just in a period of growth that their body needed mm-hmm. to because a, a 10 year old, a 15 year old shouldn't look like um, the same adult I mean, right. it shouldn't look like the same human when they're 30. Right. That would be sure. weird. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's interesting. Yeah. Cause like when I, when I was saying the story, I was like chubby, I'm thinking back. I was like, I, re- I really wasn't chubby, but I think I just, I don't know. I just, the comparison to other people, yeah. I was just had bigger cheeks and a, a little more on the, carrying around the stomach than my parents or yeah then my mom for sure my mom has and had a six-pack forever (laughs) yeah um and so i think just that comparison it's like i really wasn't chubby or there wasn't anything to worry about but the smallest seeds can plant something you know in a kid yeah unfortunately like those those comments like because i've worked i've worked in eating disorders for the last few years and it is it is like one of the hardest things to shift in someone once it's already been planted. So like, why are we going to handicap a child when they're eight, nine, 10 in high school, whatever, by saying that their body is not good enough. Now they're not going to be, they're not expected to be professional. So like, let's again, look at big picture and say like, they showed up today they gave their best effort. Like, let's keep developing that because that's gonna take time. Like people on the US national team, like this is like decades of honing skills and foundations that these Mm -hmm. kids are like at the very beginning of their career. Like let's foster that and not, well, you need to change your body because you're, you're slow. Right. Yeah. No, I've, I've heard that from like a lot of parents that have told me that from coaches that had said that. And I'm like, Oh, 
deer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so for parents that are like, okay, well, I, I, I care about my daughter, obviously. Like, and that's the thing is, my mom wasn't trying to do anything. She was just trying to, you know, help me. Um, and all parents are like we had talked about. Exactly. Is it more than of of just modeling, like we talked about, if they do feel like their daughter is a little bit overweight and they're, you know what I mean, or underweight or like, yeah, I guess what's the answer? Is it just modeling? I think it's, I think it's not just modeling, but I think the parents have to do some work here. I think the parent needs to be the one who is not bringing these issues to the child because that's not the child's issue. That's a culture. That's the parent's like expectations, like expectations. I think that the parent needs to just like do some work that is, you know, is this, is this like something that I am fearful of that they are going to be in a larger body forever and that maybe they're going to be judged, you know, is that what I'm fearing or, you know, is there something else underlying because we can't, you know, we can't escape it. This, our, our culture is really, is really tough um, on people. And, and I think that that's not something that, we, we don't need to bring the kid into it. I think modeling is great, but that's not the expectation for that sure. kid to just look at mom who's running every single day because that might also, like, we don't know that's if that's true. a disordered relationship with exercise. Sure. I don't know. Sure, yeah. You know? No, that's a great point. So, yeah, no, that's, I'm, I'm really glad I asked that and, and because it is, it is more than just modeling. A lot of times it's like if, if you, if you want your child to be healthier, it's like, or whatever it's like it has to start with you and it's mm-hmm. for you to like ask yourself well why am i concerned is it just a a looks thing is it just because i don't want people to judge me based on how my child looks and yeah. i think it is going inward first and figuring that out i think that's really important yeah those are those are yeah. great like even i think you you saying like are, you know am i going to be judged you know, that, that brings it back to like how tough it is to be a parent. Like you're, you're judged for everything that's even outside of your control. If your kid behaves a certain way, if they, how they are on the field, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, everything. So it's just, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times it is like a kid's a reflection of the parent and sometimes that's true. And sometimes I don't think it is. And it's like, if my kid is, misbehaving or if they're you know overweight or whatever then it means that I'm doing something wrong and I think Mm -hmm. that can be really really dangerous yeah very this was a great conversation Jamie like I didn't know we were gonna ask really great questions (laughs) (laughs) well you you spark them on like I'm so glad we went kind of where we went with this I think it's gonna be really really helpful for parents um, not just with nutrition but just I mean with everything Um, And so I want to kind of leave with if you have any resources or where parents can learn more about you and and your services and stuff, we'd love to hear about that. Yeah, I have a website, uh, thesoccernutritionist.com. You can also get my, um, I have like a freebie that you can download. It's got uh, some 10-minute meals for busy athletes. You can also get that on my website. And then I have some other other services um so like i do team presentations i have a course for parents so just just some small stuff that's cool yeah i think that 10 minute meals for busy athletes i feel like that's like really really valuable i'm sure yeah yeah because i mean we're all busy 
I was going to say, like, everyone's running around with their head cut off. I'm not. Yeah. I, I'm chilling. But a lot of people are. <laughs> well, thanks again, Jamie, for coming on. I really appreciate you and, and your wisdom and your expertise. So thanks again for coming on, and I'm sure it won't be the last time. Well, thank you, Shay. I always enjoy talking with you. I'm glad that, that we've connected again after all these years. I know. Thanks again, Jamie. Thank you.